This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. In The One Thing, we talk about this idea of thinking big and going small. It's the act of casting a big vision for your life and then breaking that vision into tiny little dominoes that day after day after day, if you knock them down over time, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. The challenge is we're good at setting big goals, but we're not always great at taking the right actions or evaluating if they were goals that we've made important because we thought that's what other people expected of us. I think for many of us, we know what it feels like in our career to be so focused on climbing the ladder that we do not pause and ask, is it actually leaning against the right wall for me? Today is going to be a story of somebody who's a fan of the one thing and used it to make a massive pivot in their career. Um, At an early age, he faced and witnessed adversity with growing up with not a lot of money, his mom getting diagnosed with cancer, the insurance not covering the bills, experiencing massive amounts of debt to the point that when he goes to high school, he thinks that he's just got to be financially secure. He's just got to make money. He decides to go to med school because he wants to help people and he saw that as a path to make a lot of money. But after 14 plus years of post-high school education, he finds himself at Stanford doing a fellowship sitting in a dark closet that they turned into an office, wondering, why am I doing what I'm doing? And something deep down inside of him telling him that the path he's going down is not the right path for him. Even though everyone in society would tell him that that was the right path to be pursuing. Today is a story of how do you acknowledge when you're going down the wrong path? How do you deal with burnout? How do you get unstuck? By getting clear on what actually matters to you and putting a plan in place so that you start achieving your dreams and not someone else's. As you listen to this story, if you find yourself needing guidance, if you're an individual, we would strongly recommend you head on over to theonething.com. You can check out our Living Your One Thing training community or our Jumpstart workshop, which is a two-day workshop to help you really understand the principles of the one thing and put them into action immediately. And if you're a leader of a team and want to bring this to your organization, you can request a consultation. We can line up a time to connect and go from there. With that, let's get into this conversation with Matthew Herman. Matthew, I'm excited to have this conversation, particularly because I know that you have struggled with something that probably every person listening to this has struggled with, which is you can be so focused climbing the ladder in your career that you don't stop to ask the question, is it leaning up against the right wall for you? You know, you... at a early age decided that medicine was going to be the right path for you. You go through med school, you go through residency, you find yourself doing fellowship at Stanford, and you have a realization that the ladder's leaning up against the wrong wall. Take us to that point. Sure. So I had been doing you know, all my training besides the college, med school, internship, residency, and I was in the tail end of my fellowship at Stanford. I was in the I was doing a pain medicine fellowship 
and I was on inpatient pain, which was 14 days nonstop, you know, 13, 14 hour days. And then you take all the calls at night from outpatient pain patients. And I was just burnt out. I think one sign of burnout is you don't feel like your, your job matters or you matter. It's like, what's the point of all this? And I was definitely feeling that without a doubt. And so I was in a closet that they turned into to an, the office for me. I had no ventilation. I was like sweating my, my tail off. And I just said, I'm done with this. Like after this fellowship, I'm, I'm just going to go on a bike ride across the country. And I think everything else will fall into place. I just needed a, I wanted to walk away from it all. What made you want to walk <laughs> away from it all? Because I mean, the, the, I kind of walked through it very quickly, but undergrad, four years. Residency, how many years? Six. Fellowship. That includes, yeah. That includes fellowship? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just lumping it all together. So yeah, internships, so, residency, fellowships, all six years. Right. So in total, you've been in higher education for how? Like 14 years after high school. Right. All along the while, <laughs> that costs money and you're not exactly making money, all in the hope of getting a high-income job. And you decide, this is not what I want to do. What was actually missing that would make you challenge that path so critically? I felt like that I was just, that my, my purpose in medicine didn't matter. And I was just making money for, for the man. And I felt like I was taking care of any, everybody but, my, but me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't really see any growth in that. I didn't see where I was going to go beyond that. So at this point, you know you're stuck. You need to get clarity about what's next. So what do you do? I, I do what any, anybody else with no coping skills would do. And I decided <laughs> just to take, take my bike and just go from Anacortes, Washington to Yorktown, Virginia. I decided literally in like three hours. I was like in this sweaty office with no ventilation. I just said, screw it. I'm just biking across the country. Now, when you that's really bike, how it happened. Are we talking about like pedals, bicycle, or are we talking about motorcycle? No, the... The old-fashioned, tried and true. <laughs> two, two pedals. Okay. Yeah. And, and you're going to bike across the country. Yep. And I Why? was going to figure it out. What, what, what in the world made you think that that was going to be a good idea? <laughs> I just, I was like, anything's better than what I'm doing right now. And I was, I just thought it'd clear my head. I felt like I'd get, oddly enough, I felt like I'd be more accomplished doing that than what I was doing in medicine for some reason. Like I just... I felt like it'd give me a break and I could just figure myself out. I felt like at the end of the bike trip, somehow I would have some sort of spiritual enlightenment. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. 
Again, that's factormeals.com slash O-N-E-5-0 and use code O-N-E-5-0 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Halfway through the bike trip, you realize you need something to entertain you while you're biking all day long and you download a book called The One Thing. (laughs) What was it about the book that really resonated with you? Well, I mean... It resonated. It resonated with me because I, at the time, it, it where I, the bike trip itself definitely encompassed a lot of the things that were said in the book. It's, it was a very linear experience with a well-defined goal, and I had to focus on what was my one thing that I could do every day to get me to my destination. That maybe be like you know, a hundred to one hundred twenty miles away. And I think on a literal level, I resonated with the one thing on that. More on the on the figurative plane, I felt like that it was the book was speaking to me because everything that they talked about, like kind of like the six myths they talk about in the book, like everything matters equally and mm-hmm. multitasking's awesome. I was doing all that stuff and I, I took like a big spiritual inventory of myself and said, you know. What Gary Keller wrote really, I felt like he was kind of speaking to me when I was listening to it when I was in Wisconsin. Where in, where in your life did you feel like you were falling trapped to some of those lies, like everything matters equally, multitasking, disciplined life, willpower? I think this is the problem is that you're kind of groomed in that in medicine every every you know, place you interview at, what they want is a quote, well-rounded applicant. And so what that means, like in all these stages of your life, is you just say yes to everything because you want to have as many things on your resume. So that means you start multitasking. And, you know, I realize that a balanced life doesn't mean saying yes to everything and doing all these crazy things. But what it means is like, it means different things to different people. And I had to learn for the first time in my life, I, I felt like Gary Keller was saying this to me, like you have to say no, like emphatically. Hmm. Everything doesn't matter equally. And so you have to say no to people and no to opportunities. And it can be easy and some things are harder, but like easy things is like, you know, at work, if people are asking me to be on some crazy committee that doesn't do anything, I have to say no because it takes time away from my one thing. A lot of people, you know, they read the book or they listen to the podcast. They hear everything does not matter equally. That there are things on your plate that are more important that if you focused on those would drive the majority of your results. And they hear, say yes to those things first and say no or not now to everything else. It is super simple, but then that idea collides with reality. And they realize that simple does not mean easy. Where in your life did you realize that you had been failing to say no and you needed to start? I think, I think for sure, I needed to start saying no when I started getting shiny object syndrome on like the next biggest investment opportunity. Hmm. I think everybody gets caught up in that. I mean, right now we're in a time where, you know, I mean, I'm into it, but like, you know, now like the biggest thing is crypto and, you know, stocks and things like that. 
I think I think you have to learn to sit to like focus on the one. What's your one bridge to wealth? Because you can't like for me. I think my flaw is that things started hitting the road when I realized like I need to build one bridge to financial freedom. I can't build like twenty thousand bridges. Yeah. So I'll share a quick story about this. It was really interesting. I this might have been about three years ago. I sat down with Gary because I wanted to seek counsel on building wealth. And I was specifically looking at various insurance vehicles, the idea of leveraging whole life so that you can create your own bank. And I sat down with him and I asked him about that type of insurance. And he looked at me, he didn't even answer the question, but he says, you know what? I I really like you. We'll see what happens with this business, whether it becomes really successful or not. But I'm I'm pretty sure you're going to be successful at some point in your life. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, thanks. And then I went back to the question about insurance. And then he said, you know, let me tell you what I did. And he goes and he grabs a flip chart and he starts talking about his strategy where he tried to pay off his mortgages as fast as possible because he wanted his personal life to be really secure so he could take greater risks in business because that's where the majority of the wealth would come in. I'm going, okay, this is really awesome. Thanks for sharing that. What about this insurance? And I kept going back to the insurance three four times until he finally looked at me and said, Jeff, you're not getting it. He said, all these questions that you're asking me are a distraction. Because the truth is, if you just focused on building this business, it should make you so wealthy that everything else would be a rounding error. So quit thinking about anything else and go be wildly successful with this company. And just like you, Matthew, in this moment, I'm realizing, oh my gosh, I was chasing too many rabbits. I'm trying to build this company during the day, but then I'm wondering what stock should I be picking? What real estate should I be investing in? Should I be looking at real estate? Should I be looking at cryptocurrency? And I'm dividing my focus everywhere. And all he's saying is focus on building the business. Put your money into into a stock tied to the the S&P 500 and then maybe invest it into real estate if you have enough for a down payment. But focus on building the business. That's your one thing. Everything else is everything else. It was great advice. So I'm curious for you, you, you wrap up the bike ride and you've got some decisions to make about your life. What do you decide to do? I actually decided on three things. And I know it's like a one thing, but they're kind of all related. I wanted to be financially free. I wanted to work on having a successful business. And by doing those things, I I wanted to basically exit medicine in five years. And then I wanted to help other physicians who wanted to do it as well. So to recap, you want to be financially free, which you had a number in mind in terms of cash flow on a monthly basis that would qualify for that. You wanted to have your own business versus working within someone else's company. And you wanted to be able to help other doctors be able to exit medicine and start their own things. Yeah, or even just decrease it so then they don't have to work so much. They could spend more time with their family. Yeah. This is where I'm curious who's the person you had to become. And I'll preface by saying the purpose of a goal is not the result. It's it's how to be appropriate in the moment. It's to inform who you have to become to earn the right to achieve those goals. So what decisions did you have, you and your wife have to make to make those things happen? We couldn't just do what we had been doing our whole life, which is just do 
just go through the same hoops everyone else goes through. And I mean, you're going to get flack for this, but I, I didn't invest in stocks. I didn't have money for it. I, I wanted to put money in a business and I wanted to invest in things that would give me passive income as soon as possible. So, I mean, the house we bought at the time was a flip and it was, it was under, well under our means. And then we bought an investment property that did the same, that had the same metrics. And our goal was to start getting passive income to, to fuel our, our, you know, our, our ultimate goal of having financial freedom. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I did not feel like that would happen in the stock market. Okay. So you chose to go down and the real estate felt path. like it was going to happen in Main Street. Got it. Yeah. So you go down the real estate path. What decisions did you and your wife have to make around your lifestyle? You know, both of our cars were, were old and we decided there was no benefit in buying like a, a brand new Porsche or anything like that or, or anything to show people that we had money. And we made a budget and it's crazy as a couple, but we have family meetings to discuss finances and how are we going to save money to fund our next business idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you did what most people don't do, especially when they get out of med school and they start making real money, which most of them, they go and they buy the nice house. They buy the nice car. They buy the nice watch. They go and they buy all the nice things. But all of a sudden, while they might have a high income, they also have a high lifestyle. And if you look at their net worth, it's not what you expect it to be. It could actually be very negative. You and your wife say, no, we need to do the exact opposite. We need to keep our lifestyle low. And as our income increases, we've got to be purposeful in taking those extra dollars and investing them in vehicles, whether it be real estate or business, that will throw off the passive income so that we can be financially free. Exactly. One of my colleagues, I mean, he bought like a 12,000 square foot house. Like our place was 1,800 square feet. And we were fine. We actually loved it. So, but, you know, we... We stay within our means. I mean, I, I let my wife do some things like I let her get guacamole on our burrito at Chipotle, but you know, we didn't, you know, buy an escalator or anything. That's interesting. Like that. For a lot of people, and, and this is also my personal experience, it it can be tough to say no to the instant gratification, to say yes to that thing that will bring value in five years, 10 years, 20 years years. It's just so far away that you almost don't value it. How did you two stay on the same page there? I think one thing is regular communication. I think a lot of couples, they just hope that things work out with money, but we talk about it and do all this stuff like with spreadsheets and plan things out and we enjoy the process. Just like that bike trip, like everyone says they want to, they'd love to bike across the country because they're just thinking about the end result. But for, for me, you have to I like the bike trip because I like the process. I like the process of being financially free with my wife. And the end result's great, but we actually became stronger as a couple once we decided to make these sacrifices. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to life today. Why did you move to Puerto Rico? My wife and I wanted to do another adventure of equal magnitude to the bike trip in three years. And we thought Puerto Rico would fulfill that. And so we did that two and a half years later. The other reason too is that with Puerto Rico, if you live here, there's there are tax benefits where you only pay 
2 to 4% income tax, essentially. It's, it's a lot more complicated than that. But by decreasing my biggest expense in life, which was taxes, I'm able to supercharge and light gas on my dreams and make those fires huge. Mm-hmm. Which you know, our intention in sharing this with you is not to encourage everybody to move to Puerto Rico. To be clear, that is not what we are suggesting. This is to show if you and your wife had a goal of being financially free and accelerating the amount of cash that you could invest to achieve financial freedom, you, by being appropriate in the moment, you looked at some of your largest expenses. Number one, taxes, and asked how might we reduce that legally. Two, cost of living. Your cost of living there is probably very different than from where I live or where a lot of people live here in the country. That has then freed up more cash for you to invest in real estate in your various businesses. Yeah, that's a, that's correct. And an, another reason why we moved down here is because you have to be here six months at least for to qualify. Right. And so you are cloistering yourself with other like-minded people. And so there's lots of meetup groups and um, communities that you can meet with other people who also have the same goals as you because they're willing to make those same sacrifices. So you meet a lot of similar people on the exact same wavelength. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I never considered that, but that's extremely valuable. So your wife is starting her business. What are you doing professionally now? So I quit my original job that was W-2 and now I'm 1099. Technically, I'm a business owner and I'm employing me, but I work from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. and I get paid as a 1099 and I get paid better than my previous job. So it's a win-win and I only have a six-hour workday. Then what do you do with the extra time? Right out. Usually I, I work out. So my my one thing fitness-wise this year is to lose 16 pounds and be as thin as I was after I finished my bike trip. And so I work out with a personal trainer and get pounded. And then I come home and I work on the financial freedom aspect. I'm starting a business with a Navy vet who's also a real estate syndicator, and we're starting a COVID testing business in Virginia Beach. Got it. When you when you reflect back on your life, I want you to talk to that version of you that's at Stanford, sitting in the closet, lacking fulfillment, knowing that the path you're traveling right now is not a path that will lead to happiness for you. What advice would you give him? I think I would tell him to, to, to realize that in the grand scheme of things, everything that I was thinking was significant was not. And just to do the bike trip and everything else will fall into place. What do you mean by that? I feel like in my job, in medicine, and everybody has their own figurative version of this, but I just call them wooden nickels where I, I was accruing things that I felt like had a lot of value, but they absolutely had no value. And I thought that by doing that, somehow my life would be better and I'd be happier. By either like, you know, being in the top 10% of my med school class or going to the top pain program or doing research. And I was accruing all these like wooden nickels that had no inherent value. And I thought all those things were really important. And they don't mean anything to anybody unless if, unless if they mean something to you. And so my advice to my person at Stanford would be that I would want to, to accrue things, experiences, and achievements that, that mattered to me. 
not not trying to get recognition from other people by being published or or you know being some part of some society. And what's the one thing? Because I've been in that situation. It's easy to prioritize or assign value to things that you think other people will value. It's an external value versus looking inward and identifying what do I value? Because when asked with that question, a lot of people think, I don't know. So what's the one thing that someone can do to actually discover what they value? I don't know if this is like an answer that you would, that maybe you're looking for, but this is more concrete. The bike trip was essentially 45 days of me disconnecting from every stimulus that was telling me something else was valuable. And all I had was me and, you know, bike sores and a leather seat and highway and cars passing me all the time and silence. And I really think that for people to figure out what matters to them is that they have to get rid of their digital pacifier for a week and separate themselves and not try to compare themselves to other people and really figure out what's important to them. Because a lot of the times the things that they think are really important to them are not only very achievable, but they're very, they're a lot more fulfilling than like trying to get some like random title at work. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. So this is, this has been my experience with the one thing. People hear the idea of the one thing and they ask themselves the question, what's my one thing? Thinking that the important part of that is having the answer. But it's not. The journey of living the one thing is not about clarity of an answer. It's about being the type of person who asks big questions and searches for the answer. What you did, Matthew, is... You shut down all the external stimulus that, like you said, was telling you what you should value so that you could actually be present with yourself, ask the big questions, and search. And by searching, you gained clarity. You gained a direction that you could execute against. For most of us, I can tell you, you do not need to completely shut down your technology for a full week to get clarity. It can be as simple as shutting your email down. And I want to clarify, that does not mean minimize the screen. That means hard shutdown. means put your phone on, do not disturb. Sit down with a pen and a piece of paper. You write a question at the top and you just start journaling. And no joke. Just five minutes of uninterrupted journaling can be enlightening. You expand that to a half hour, you expand that to an hour of thinking time, it can be transformative. The path to getting everything you want starts by getting one thing at a time. This is your opportunity to ask big questions so you think big, but then help you go really small. So that you can identify that tiny little domino that with the flick of a finger, it falls. But because all the other dominoes are lined up, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. That's all you did. Well, Matthew, I appreciate you coming on, man, and sharing your story. Anytime. 
Well, there you have it, my conversation with Matthew Herman. The thing that I really appreciate about his story was his willingness to ask the big questions, to really search for the answers. I personally know what it feels like to be aware that you're going down the wrong path for you and in the moment not have the courage to really challenge it. I faced this when I studied accounting. I thought I was going to be a CPA and it took sitting down with the partner on offer day when I was doing the internship and him looking me in the eyes and asking, why aren't you in sales? And I remember thinking to myself, because you're about to offer me a job. And I was looking for that security. But here was someone who was willing to take a stand in my life and tell me, I see something different for you. And I know this is the easy path or the natural path for you to go down based on your education. But I think you should choose a different path. It set the dominoes in motion that got me to where I am today. And I'm internally grateful to that person. Where in your world are you going down a path deep down knowing that maybe it's not the right path for you? Would you be willing to block some time to think where you shut down your email, you put your phone on do not disturb, you take out a pen and a piece of paper and write a big question at the top and search for the answer. And let me give you a question. Fast forward 20 years, what would an extraordinary career look like? Or fast forward someday from now and I am completely fulfilled in my career, what would lead me to have that level of fulfillment? And just search for the answer. Be willing to detach yourself from the current situation and imagine what could become. Search for those answers. And once you get them all down, ask the question, based on that, what's the one thing I can do? Such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. Identify that one thing. Time block that one thing. And when you show up to that time block, protect it and knock the domino down. Very simple action steps that could actually change your life. The question is, will this podcast be an expense or an investment of your time? It's an investment when you put it into action. So do not treat it like every other show where you just bounce to the next episode. Make a commitment to taking action on this one. If you'd like guidance on your journey, head on over to theonething.com. As an individual, you can check out our Living Your One Thing training program where you can belong to a community of thousands of people all living their one thing. Or you can check out our Jumpstart Workshop, which is a two-day virtual experience to dive deep into the principles and put them into action immediately. And if you're a leader of a team and want to bring this to your organization, you can request a consultation and we'll line up a time to connect. If this episode has brought value to you, think of somebody you know who needs to hear it and share it with them. If you're new to the show, click the follow button so all future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device of choice. And please consider leaving us a rating and review. It genuinely helps us reach more people and fulfill our purpose, which is to help you better invest your time so you can achieve extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.